All right, Mr. David Pearson. Mr. Connor Rhodes. We are on. Thank you for coming. Finally. Yeah, it's been a yeah. while, isn't it? How long have I known you and we've never done a podcast? That's crazy. Uh, I know. I think we'd arranged to do this before and um, I was going through a hard time, so I cancelled on you. But you still met me for a coffee and you were... <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah, and it's also been the coronaverse, yeah. <laughs> hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the world almost ended, but we've survived. We have survived. And we've yeah. made it through. Yeah. And the UK seems to be in a good position at the minute. Yeah. I don't know if you keep up to date with these things, but loads of people have been vaccinated. The cases are low, the deaths are yeah. low. I'm like... So, yeah, both my parents have had both jabs. My brother's had both jabs. because oh, that's nice to say. hospital. So. Have you had any? Not yet. But you're too young and healthy. I'm waiting for the, waiting for the test. Yeah, screw you. Yeah. You're too young and healthy. <laughs> I've had one jab. Have you? Yes, ages ago. My second one must be soon. Is that because of your like prior health? Yeah, I used to have cancer when I was I was like ten years old, so it's flipping ages ago. But somehow it bumped me up the list. Way yeah, yeah. benefits. Yeah, you can't, probably, you... you'll probably be able to travel before me then. <laughs> Why can you not tra- travel if you've not had a vaccine? I don't know. I think that's still up in the air, isn't it? I don't know. But we'll see. Mm, that is interesting. I guess it depends on the country and their rules and stuff. Yeah, because it's going well here, but some other countries mm. are not having In, a good time. India, for example, are really struggling. It's not a good time. No. No. Our hard time, hopefully, seems to have been and gone. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And we seem to be on the other side of it, don't we? Which is positive. Gyms are back open, which is a big yeah. thing for you. Yeah, gyms are going... I mean, it's going well for me. Like, um, over the last sort of three weeks, I've got about a client or two a week. So the gyms seem to be doing well. They're, they're busy. I think... Um, uh, Leon, our manager, told us we we picked up about a thousand new members last month. In one month. In one month. Oh my yeah. lord! Obviously, we would have lost a few, but a thousand new ones is is good. That is really good. So you mean it's going well in terms of your personal training because you're a self-employed personal trainer yeah, working? Yeah, both that and in terms of the the gym just seems busy and and vibrant and good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I train at a number of different gyms because I'm not loyal at all. <laughs> and, and it's been busy at every single gym that I've been to. I've right. been to your gym group, which for people listening, it's the gym group Kellam Island, Sheffield. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it? I've been to the Moor gym, which is also Sheffield, but it's at the Moor. Yep. Um, I feel like it's hard to say that with my Rotherham accent, <laughs> Moor. It's strange, strange pronunciation. Um, have you ever been to that gym? I have, yes. Uh, obviously, because I work for the gym group, um, we we're allowed to train there as well. But, I like it up there. Yeah. They've got a couple of different leg machines, haven't they? They've got like a nice hack squat. Yes. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, I have low levels of ego because you know when I go on that hack squat, I have to put no weights on the side of it. <laughs> have you ever tried it? I have tried it. it yeah. Do you put weight? It's so difficult that it's machine. Very difficult. Yeah. It's really heavy. I put actually no weights on it, and I can yeah. still only do about twelve. Or Especially like at that. full depth as well, like you could get stuck. Oh in yeah, the I don't mess around. You could get stuck there. It, and the machine does not mess around either. No, no. no, sometimes I see ladies go on it and they're putting a couple of twenties on each side and doing good reps. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. don't know if I'm just weak or what's going on with this machine. And they've got one of those, what's it called, like a back extension thing. Uh, hyper extension bench. Yeah, like yeah. where you you put your hips into it and then you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You extend your like the opposite of a crunch. You extend your back yeah. once. It's weird that we don't have that bit of kit, actually, because it, it's yeah. quite a basic bit of kit that probably wouldn't be too expensive. But It's good, isn't it? It's good for training lower back on something that's not mm. very intense, for us and for clients. If you, I mean, I don't yeah. have clients at the gym, but when I used to, I would have liked that for training clients. Um, lower backs on something that's maybe a bit easier with technique than something like a Romanian deadlift or a barbell yeah, row. Yeah, 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 or something. Yeah. And I also like it because it's... 
it's the other way up to a Romanian deadlift as well. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but you know, um, you know the strength curve of exercises. Yeah. Like a Romanian deadlift's really hard at the bottom and really light at the top. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's, it is hard at the bottom as well, the back extension, isn't it? But when you get to the top, you can really squeeze mm. your hamstrings and glutes yeah. like into it at the top. So for, it, for me, in my head, I like that kind of thing. I like doing pa- pairs of exercises either throughout the week or throughout the workout where one works one end of the motion and the other yes. one works the other. Yeah. Same as like a bench press and a cable cross. Yeah, yeah. So I, I explain that kind of thing to my clients sometimes. Like, yeah, working muscles at the opposite end of the range is mm. like working them at a stretched range and then more of a shortened, contracted range. Mm. Like, I like that kind of thing. Big, I like big difference sets between like, like a yeah, like a Romanian deadlift, um, or sometimes called a stiff leg deadlift, and a hamstring curl. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I also make sure to blast lots of hamstring curls. I've been trying to build my hamstrings back up. I feel like they weakened throughout lockdown. Mm. Home training's decent, but hamstrings at home is a tough thing to do. Yes, I've yeah. tried to figure out some flipping devices and some I'm getting upside mm. down on the floor with bands attached to me and shit and it's so, difficult yeah, to do I was faffing about this stuff during lockdown as well yeah tried to make a leg curl actually because I got I tried some, to make a leg curl I tried curl. to make a leg curl yeah I had some pulleys uh, I had pulleys on my pull ups bar and then like ankle straps on and yeah and then I realised that the amount of weight that I'd have to have on the end of the cable it was yeah. dragging me off my bench so I said I have to weigh myself down <laughs> I settled on two decent varieties, but still not that good. One is hamstring curls with an exercise ball. Yeah. A Swiss yeah. ball, is it called? Yes. Yeah, the big round Swiss ball. Um, have you ever tried that? I have, yeah. That's a good exercise, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually decent, and I, I don't mind that with clients as well. Um, eventually, I got up to 10 single legs on each side. Um, I started on like 15 with two legs and built it up to like maybe 30, and then switch to single legs and the only the only other thing I could really figure out that was any good was Nordic hamstring curls yeah you know body weight um, hamstring curls where either a machine or someone pins your ankles yeah down and then you leave see that would be terrible for my dodgy knees I think Cause, would it because the pressure through the knee you know you, is that you, a big you're knee? talking about the version where you're, you're kneeling on the floor sort yes of yeah oh so the direct yeah. pressure from the floor into your knee yeah I oh think interesting that would, that would personally anyway that would probably but there's variations there's things like um Obviously, you couldn't do this home, or it would be difficult to do at home, but, uh, you know, like a glute ham raise, yeah, I used where to the knees aren't touching anything. Definitely. That, that's a bit easier as well. Like, yeah. on, on Nordic hamstring curls, I can do exactly zero reps. <laughs> I can do it with yeah. a press-up. Um, yeah. You know, as you go down, I can get, like, halfway down and then catch myself and do, like, a light press-up, and then I can do, like, two maybe like that but with with a glute ham machine they used to have one at exercise for less in Sheffield yes yeah. now JD gyms isn't it yeah and I don't know I don't know if they've still got that machine because I've not been but I've not been to JD now no they've got some cool leg machines though have you seen online really yes they've got a really nice glute kickback machine like a full machine where you stand in it and you go boom oh, and nice. kick your leg backwards they've got a hip thruster that you put plates on it yeah. and it's automatically a built in thing like a hip thrust machine very in vogue right now yeah that's yeah. great for me I love this I'm on that booty gain hype for yeah. myself literally yeah. I'm skinny ass white man I'm yeah, trying same, to same, I'm trying yeah. to build that butt up yeah. I'm trying to flaunt it uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm also trying to do that's half a joke and half not a joke, but I'm also trying to do a lot of hip and core strengthening work for myself mm. at the minute as a priority. Like I have two hip days, like at the gym. You know, like people have chest day and back day. Yeah. And stuff like this. I have hip day. Interesting. For hip yeah. flexors, glutes, and yeah, yeah. lower abs and yeah. stuff like that. Like it's core day really. Yeah. But not like the classical just crunches. Like I do a lot of hip flexor work and alter like glutes to the side. Yeah. Glutes to the back. <laughs> Kicking forward, attached to a cable. 
as well, all directions. We need. We should have had video for all these movements that you're doing. Right <laughs> yeah, that's true. Listeners at home would think that's funny, wouldn't it? Um, I feel like it's a it's a good and underrated and underused thing to do, though, because my hip flexors were definitely not strong, mm. not compared to my thighs and back and stuff like that. You know, from doing squats and deadlifts and stuff, my hip flexors were just not strong. And see, I, I call it soccer kick. Like I mm. I put an ankle strap on and then attach it to a cable behind right. me and yeah. then do do a straight legged yeah. kick. Forward. I also lean forward and hold onto a bar and do heavy knee raises with like eight plates on it, sometimes ten. It's made my lower abs and hips here jacked. It's gone really well. And now my hips feel excellent squatting and I get no pain anymore. So was that one of the reasons for doing it was to sort of try and mitigate yep. pain in your hips when you... Yeah, because I've been to... I've, I've seen Greg, um, Greg Roberts, White House Physiotherapy Clinic, Sheffield. Yeah. Pow, pow, pow. Shout out. <laughs> um, the great and powerful. I've seen Greg about it loads of times. He said, look, there's, there's nothing really wrong with you, but he said my hip flexors were tight and my glutes could also be stronger and he said you need to really just strengthen all this stuff mm. up just more because mm. probably just thighs and stuff are just overpowering your hips inside squats and it's just making it not feel great and I injured it five times on my hip flexor there I remember this from I think when you used to work at the gym yeah and I started yeah. doing yeah yeah literally that's when it started yeah because I had quite strong legs um like I only weighed like 75 kg but I could squat 120 for 10 all the way up and down good like bodybuilding reps with like a yeah like a narrow stance um like a piston going up and down but I was doing no direct glute work really and I wasn't doing any hip hip flexor work what the fuck I've never even, never even heard of this I never even considered this should be a thing really not in like a bodybuilding regime yeah but I'm just naturally not a strong person um but through training I've made my strength not bad but I've missed out. I've just missed out hips <laughs> completely. I'd done every muscle basically, except maybe hips. Mm. So I just had weakened areas and stuff like that. And when squatting, it just did not feel good. And now, and my hips used to click if I did leg raises on the way up and down, and now they don't. Both sides would click on hanging knee raises and on all different types of leg raises. And Interesting. Now so that's seems to have solved it for you then just it seems to have fixed it hip flexes yeah just making them stronger bulking them out it feels a lot yeah. sturdier i already fixed the flexibility before i started working on the strength so it wasn't that like i can't do the splits but front to back i can nearly do the splits so my flexibility is not the best in the world but it's not the worst like i should be able to do a squat without my hips hurting my flexibility mm. is not awful um and that didn't help at all <laughs> that didn't do anything so the only thing I could think really was it just needs strengthening out and that's just what Greg kept saying. He just kept saying, look, you just need to strengthen it. And then, so I said, all right then, I'll get back to you when I've strengthened it. Hashtag three years later. It's like flipping SpongeBob SquarePants. Three yeah. years later. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing these. Because how long does it take to strengthen your muscles? A years. Time, yeah. Years. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing hip flex a day for like goddamn two years or something at least. But now I've got no pain. No pain deadlifting, no pain squatting deep or anything. Awesome. Good, quite good. Yeah, it's encouraging probably for other people to hear that as well, that there's, there's, there can be a solution sometimes. You're not, it, it might be a long and difficult solution. Forever, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had consistent hip, hip flexor injuries and it would hurt while walking, it would hurt while doing all kinds of different things. Now it feels powerful. Decent. Yeah, yeah. it feels strong. Um, anyway, we... Should we've been off topic by an absolute yeah. just checking the time then, haven't we? Because we've got literally a one hour timer on this conversation and we've spoken about absolutely nothing that we were supposed to speak about. Yeah. But it's lovely to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, same, right? It's lovely to catch yeah. up with you. I've brought you here for my own selfish needs and desires, essentially. 
This Happy is... to oblige. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to pick your brains to see if you've got any secrets that I haven't got. Um, Probably not. On this uh, Slum Society podcast, there's sometimes me chatting with different people about different things, sometimes me chatting alone. <laughs> if I can't get anyone booked in, I'll just talk to myself. I don't even mind. You've got to do that, though. I'll just yeah. go off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, but I'm also making a consistent theme called Top 3 Tips. And I'm not sure how many episodes I've done now, but it must be between six and eight or something like this, of interviewing good, efficacious fitness professionals for their fat loss and or weight management advice. I think it will be interesting for listeners at home and it's getting a good response. So if I, yeah, yeah, especially from, um, especially from my followers, probably they're sick of listening to me. <laughs> probably they've, they've had enough ear beatings from me. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so they're glad to hear from somebody else. So I like to see what people's different tips are, you know, because I work mostly with people with fat loss. Yeah. Um, what type of clients do you mostly work with? I mean, same for me. It's a pretty common goal, as you can imagine. A lot of people. Yeah start the gym or they might already be at the gym and they come to a personal trainer because they want some help with that goal you know losing losing weight losing fat um so that's yeah that's probably the most common goal um obviously people want to get fitter stronger um they might have a specific physique goal but yeah i'd probably say fat loss is this is why i brought you here common thing yeah this is why i brought you here um i would say i do fat loss and health with people equally because I would say a lot of people come to me for the fat loss due to health Okay, yeah. because they come because maybe they yeah okay they wouldn't mind being slimmer but I don't know people who I talk to that's, that is one of their goals yeah okay I could be slimmer but often it's because the body fat is causing them some sort of issue yeah yeah it's, got, it's at some sort of point whether it's a mental or a physical issue but it's causing them some sort of distress or pain in their day-to-day life and they want that gone. Mm. And the, the body fat loss is one of the things that might help improve it. So I would say I do fat loss and health. Okay, yeah. Mm. I guess there is, yeah, there's always going to be a reason behind why you'd want to lose fat, isn't there? You're going to have your own motivations for it. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I try and, and instill this people in, into people really strongly for them to understand their own reasons why they want to do it. Yeah. Literally. Um, because nobody really wants to lose fat, do they? Nobody wants to lose weight. You just want the weight lost. Mm. You just want the weight gone. You don't want to actually do the weight loss. Mm. You just want the weight not there. Doing the weight loss is just a, usually a, a difficult or perceive, perceived awkward period of time or effort or something in the way of who somebody is or where they want to be and who they're trying to be or where they're trying to get to. Yeah. People don't want to actually lose fat, do they? They just they just want it not to be there. Mm. So I think that's one of our jobs is to make the processes, to understand that and then make the process as easy as possible for people. Yeah, and I guess to dispel any confusion because, again, that's one reason someone comes to you. It's like they... It is confusing out there. Like People don't necessarily know what to do, how best to go about it. Um, it's half and half the wild, wild west. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? Nutrition. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm interested to see what will happen with Brexit and stuff, whether it will get better or worse here in the UK with different rules and regulations. Because at the minute we listened, or we did, I don't know what, what, what things change, how fast, but we were listening to the EU and we were under EU regulations, which in terms of food are pretty good, pretty mm. strict. Better than America. America's more wild, wild west on food. Supplements and shit. It's cowboy land. Mm. Isn't it? People are putting like 
tainted steroids and stuff like this and all kinds of different supplements and they use chemicals and stuff that are not necessarily haven't been studied that much and they have all kinds of hashtag Monsanto conspiracies <laughs> don't they um, so I'm interested to see what will happen in the UK in the future whether we'll get stricter better rules and food gets better yeah. or whether people are a bit money greedy and things get a bit slack here and there like in America so do you think we need it to be stricter than what it is now in the UK <sighs> that's a good question I don't know I don't know. That's a good question. Because my general impression is, yeah, like you say, our food standards are pretty, pretty good. Pretty I think decent. our food standards are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if it needs to be if they need to be stricter. Because I think we have good food standards. I mean, you could, can't. You yeah, can't it can't we, be a bad thing to just study things better for, for longer and and just check everything is safe. I guess. No, no. Like our NHS are very safe. Mm. They like they don't approve things unless it's been through like the trials and rounds and rigmaroles. They're, they're, they're pretty steady on it. And I think that's a good thing in some yeah, ways, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, they've, they've not done that this time with the vaccines, which has also been a good thing, though. It's worked out, mm. hasn't it? Because that's a bit of a chance. Yeah. Brand new vaccines. Who knows what's going to happen? Will it work? Won't it work? Boom. We've nailed it, though. Mm. Really good, it we seems couldn't, We like. couldn't really hang about with that one, could we? No, no. It's a chance that had to be took, I guess, didn't it? And they did do human trials and stuff like mm. this. And obviously, vaccine technology is a lot better now than it used to be. So that's how they made them so fast. But I think, our, yeah, I think our food quality is pretty good. You can't really buy anything that damages you, can you? You can buy alcohol. I mean, technically it's poisonous, but it's fine within like limits. You can buy cigs, but they put them behind closed counters and put warnings mm. and they put pictures of people with like bad lungs and stuff yeah. on it to like tell you, look, you can buy this, but probs don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apart from that, most things you can buy in the supermarket, none of it's actually physically damaging. Is it? We have all we have good rules and regulations about additives and what sort of chemicals and stuff mm. that farmers can use to make sure they're all safe and approved and stuff like this. But just be interested in the future. And even if even if the food regulations relax a bit, it could be better in some ways and worse in other ways. Mm. It could allow more newer things through faster. Different foods, different nutritional, I don't know, therapies, different supplements which might be beneficial. They might get to the public quicker, but it also might hold some things back. Yeah, interesting. Are they, you know, in America, they still put in is it high fructose corn syrup in just about everything <laughs> to sweet, to sweeten it. I don't know. They might be. That's a. Uh... I know that they like our our kind of Coke and their kind of Coke is very different, isn't it? In terms of what how they sweeten it and things like that. It very well might be. I'm not entirely sure on Coca Cola. I know I've I've watched YouTube videos. Not that that's technically flipping <laughs> research, is it? Um, about McDonald's meals and stuff like this being different yeah. here versus America, like the calories are higher and the amount of, in it also showed interestingly the, again I've not verified this, but it showed the amount of ingredients in like uh, an American Big Mac was much higher, like the list of ingredients was twice as long as like the, as the sort of UK one, literally mm. completely different ingredients, but maybe based on what can be approved and what can't be approved. Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder though why they can't just simplify it like we're doing it maybe it's better to not simplify it. i don't know they wouldn't be putting the, that stuff into yeah. the mcdonald's meal if it wasn't they, beneficial got, yeah they've got profits to make haven't they, they it might last longer yeah it might last longer. it might yeah. come out of being frozen better i don't know it might freeze i'm, I'm completely making yeah. it up mine yeah it might be better and it must be better in some ways otherwise they wouldn't be putting the stuff in it for nothing because it costs some money to get mm. these 
whatever chemicals or stuff they're adding into it, they're doing it for a reason, whether it's good for your health or not. Mm. They're doing it for at least some sort of reason for them, aren't they? Interesting though, eh? Definitely, yeah. Interesting though, eh? So what do you think then, bringing it back round again to the topic of conversation, about your top three tips for fat loss or weight management? Do you want to... We're 20 minutes in, so we've got good yeah, time. Yeah, we better, we better get started, We've got we? good time, though. <laughs> we've got good time. Um, right, so for my first one, I've put um, know what's required of you. So if you're going to start All right, interesting. Diet, know what's required of you. Yeah. All right, go on, then yeah. expand. So to expand on that, it's kind of... Um, it's kind of going back to what I was saying before about not being confused, understanding the process mm. and what it requires. So... Um, you know, you don't want to go into a diet thinking, you know, some people will come to you and they, they, you'll ask them what what they think it takes, um, or you know, to lose weight or to lose fat. And they'll say, well, I need to cut carbs or I need to go to the gym X amount of days per week. Um, and so I think getting on the same page, um, if I mean, if you are with a trainer, like getting your client on the same page um, and so they understand what's required of them to achieve the goal. I understand more what you mean now. Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. So you mean understanding the actual process, understanding the actions that you have to take, yes. what is the actual physical stuff that we're going to do, make sure you're doing the right things for the right result. Yeah. So you could talking about efficiency in there as well, aren't you? Like yeah. work equals reward. Yeah. Like you could cut carbs, but number one, it'll be really hard. Number two, it might not work. Yeah. It might work, but it also might not work. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. completely a gamble. Yeah. Because fat loss is not about carbs, is it? It's about calories. Yeah. So it might reduce your calorie intake enough to cause fat, but it also might not. Mm. So and, and it's going to be really hard to cut out all carbs, isn't it? You can't go to eat at anyone's house or out to a restaurant or yeah. eat many normal things, really. If you're like, oh, I'm cutting out sugar, it's like, yeah. all right then. Well, good luck, because I'm yeah. not. <laughs> and my members are not either, and we're all going to be slim <laughs> while we don't cut out sugar. So you're talking about the actual process. Yeah, making sure you understand the process if you're going to set out on a diet. like. Uh, and as an aside to that, I guess you could say um, I've put be aware of potential hurdles. So like where you... Is this tip number two or is that part No, this is one? part... I'm going to put this oh, as part good. two. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm getting extra tips uh, in here. I'm making a little note about what you're saying because these are good. I guess, yeah, being aware of potential hurdles so where you think you could potentially slip up. So to give an example, like if you, um, after dinner, you always like smash a huge bar of dairy milk because you've got, you love chocolate, like you've got a huge craving for chocolate. Yeah. Um, and you know that might not be entirely practical as part of a diet. What are you gonna do in place of that? Do you know what I mean? I understand exactly what you mean. I liked the way you worded it as well because you worded it for for the client or the person that you're talking to, like you were asking them where they think they're going to screw Exactly, up. because everybody's different. So um, like me as an example, I don't get particularly hungry in the morning. Yeah. So when me and Will, who I think you've had on, have you had Will? Will Hukin, yeah, yeah, yes. Will Hukin, yeah. So we both did a little bit of a, a, a diet, like a, a mini cut, you could say, before a holiday to Bali. And um, so I knew going into that that like, I could get away with just skipping breakfast. It wasn't going to be an issue for me. Yeah, that but for sense. some people, somebody might be an issue to definitely. Skip so maybe don't use that approach. Definitely, um, like for me personally, I 
wake up starvingly hungry every single day. Yeah, I remember you telling me, yeah. Yeah, so I spend, this is just me personally, I don't recommend this to anybody necessarily, I spend a lot of my calories for breakfast, then I don't eat much at all in the middle of the day, sometimes I'll not eat again until literally 5 or 6 p.m., or if I do, I might have a piece of fruit and a protein shake, like 200 calories or something, Mm. and then I have another huge evening meal, so I kind of do, it's not intermittent fasting, but it's like... You know, rather than skipping breakfast, I skip the middle meal. Yeah. And that just works for me. I eat a big breakfast, fuel myself. I just work all day nonstop and train at some point. And then after I've done all my shit, I just eat a massive meal again, get tired, fall to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. That's just what works for me. Yeah. I don't think I have another single client that does that, really. Oh, no, I actually do. I'm lying. The great and powerful Rachel Schofield, (laughs) just one of my my members, literally. She also does the same thing because she's so busy at work. Um, she works from home and stuff, but she has so many meetings. Okay. She doesn't really have chance yeah, yeah. to get away for a lunch. So she was finding herself running between meetings to like grab a few biscuits. Um, but a few biscuits can be 400 calories, mm. can't it, straight away? And mm. she's and it's not filling her up or doing anything. So I mm. said to her, you might have to do what I do, fuel up a big breakfast so that you're not getting peckish and hungry at two or three in the afternoon. If you know you're not finishing till five, fuel up on half your calories in the morning, be really full and satisfied all day, and then fuel up again in the evening when you're done. And she found great success through that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, different different things for different people, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but conversely, going back to uh, myself, whilst I knew like I wouldn't be hungry in the morning and that wouldn't be an issue for me, I was so used to like after my I eat a lot in the evening and I was yep. so used to after my evening meal doing that very thing like eating a massive bar of chocolate or having some kind of dessert. Um, so I knew that part would would be an issue. Mm-hmm. So like, how was I going to get around that? So came up with a sort of, well, it was a combination of saving a lot of calories for the end of the day and coming up with a, a sort of sweet tooth alternative that was lower calorie. So, yep. you know, like fiber one bars, like heated up in the microwave. Was like low <laughs> I've fat also custard. done that. Yeah, that kind of thing. I've also and it was like, it, sat, it satisfied the same sweet cravings yeah. as the chocolate bar or whatever it was did, yeah. but it would it'd be like a third of the calories, yeah. quarter of the calories. Yeah. Um, Luckily for me, those fibre one bars upset my stomach. You know, if I I can eat one, if I eat two, I'll have stomach ache. It's too much fibre. It's got fibre in the name, (laughs) but it's too much fibre for me. Yeah, I can't have two. I can have one. I was having like six. No, I can't do that. (laughs) So you must have asked Bestos Guts or something, just fire retardant guts. (laughs) But I just literally don't. I have IBS. I just can't eat stuff like that, thankfully. I can't eat protein bars or anything like this Mm. either, because that can be another little idea for some people to satisfy a sweet tooth for lower calories, can't it? Um, My fat loss program is called Six Steps to Slim, and the fourth step is called Snacking and Psychology. Um, and it's about mindset stuff and it's about, you know, like binge eating, stress eating, emotional eating, boredom eating. But it's also about that uh, finding healthier or lower calorie alternatives that can satisfy you the same or maybe not exactly the same, but close. It can yeah, do yeah. a good job yeah, yeah. or it can, it can get you through um, a dieting period without making people feel too restricted. Yeah. Quite good. Yeah. A lot of people like that Halo Top ice cream as well. And I also can't eat this. Does that like, upset, you, upset your stomach? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I can't eat anything like this ever. It's the it's the polyalcohols. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, erythritol, xylitol, manitol, yeah, I sorbitol. I clients about those. Like, don't have probably don't have too much of that. Yeah. For me, it's not good. Some people, I've got some clients, literally some members, they can eat a full tub, they're fine. They'll eat a full tub and they're yeah. literally fine. And a lot of these things are in the protein bars a lot as well. And I have some clients that eat two protein bars a day. You know, if they like it and they want mm. it and they want to spend their calories on that and it makes them happy and they're getting good results, all right, I don't mind. Mm. Um, it's not bad for you, is it? And they feel fine. For me, I would die. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so dead. Yeah. 
it's going back to the individual everyone's an individual aren't they mm. you've got to see what works mm. works for you alright I've, I've got two follow up questions go on I'm, I'm not going to ask you now because I feel like you might answer them I'm not sure what your next two points are going to be so I feel like we should go on to the next two um, of your top tips and we'll see what those are and then I'll ask you my follow up questions to that because I don't know you might just go into it right now and I might spoil it right okay or do you, did you have more to say on that specific um, point, number one? Like, I think that's generally the idea. Yeah, just sort of... Understand the process. Under, understand, understand the, the process before you start it, yeah. And, and any potential areas that you might trip up. That's the right thing, I think. That could be 15 podcasts on its own, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we went into it. Like, what should you actually do for the process and all the hurdles people yeah, can Yeah, I guess against? going into it, you might not know where you're going to trip up. That's also true. Do, yeah. That's yeah, also true. Yeah. A lot of people have dieted before, though. So I also do ask people these questions as well. Yeah. I ask people in... I have a consultation with every single member um, that wants to join, um, even if it's like a phone call or something like this. And I always ask people about what diets they've done in the past and what they liked and what they didn't like mm. and what did they find success with or what did they struggle with and stuff like that. And I always consult my all of my members on, on their goals. You know, when we do goal setting, yeah. I ask them, like, literally, what do you think to these goals? Or I, I prefer it if they tell me what goals they like and want to do as well, yeah. and then we work together as a team. Um, but you are right. Some people... Some people say that they know what to do but just can't do it, and some people are just confused and struggling, aren't they, and don't know what to do at all. Mm. Yeah. Right, shall I go on to tip two? Go for it, sir. Um, I mean, I guess it's a pretty standard one. Um, I know you talk about this kind of stuff a lot, but it's try to make most of your meals high protein and high satiety. Oh, so, that's really good. Yeah. That's an excellent tip. Do you know what I'm liking about this top, these top three tips interviews? No one said any of the same answers so far. Really? That's I don't, good. I, don't th I didn't listen to the other ones just on purpose because... It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't want to get influenced by what other people have yeah. said. Because there's been quite a lot of tips. I, I can't remember exactly how many episodes I've done so far now, but it must be between six and eight. Of these, these specific type of interviews asking people this question. Um, but no one's literally said any of the same things so far. And I think that's really that's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Um, so reminders of this point again. You said make the meals high protein and make them high satiety. Yes. All right, go on then. My first question would be unpack then satiety. And what do you mean by that? Uh, by that, I mean, I guess, uh, well, one side of that is high food volume. So eating something that you know is going to fill your stomach up. So we're talking like plenty of vegetables, food with a lot of water in, um, fiber perhaps, uh, and protein of course, that you can, you should feel satisfied for longer after a higher protein meal. You're exactly theory, right. Yeah. My, again, my program's called Six Steps to Slim. The third step is, um, it's called healthy eating, but you could call it food volume, mm. or you could call it fruit and veg. Sometimes I call it fruit and vegetables. Um, and my fifth step to slim is protein intake. Um, so I also recommend these things to people. So the first step is reduce people's calorie intake. Um, so, you know, so that the body weight actually starts coming down and the body fat actually yeah. starts to be yeah. lost. But then I teach people that they've got two main enemies and you've covered both of them already, which I think is really smart. Um, I teach people they've got two main enemies on their fat loss diet. One of them's cravings, like you already spoke about personally about you. These is one of the things that needs to be taken into account, really. Mm. They're the ones hunger. Yeah. Isn't it? So while we need to reduce calorie intake to lose fat, we need to really think about 
trying to have a nice balance of different food variety and enjoying your food so that your cravings are not going wild. Otherwise, people just end up binging, don't they? And also hunger management as well. Yeah. Yeah, the sort of notes that I put put under that was, I mean, re- the reasons for doing so. Sort of, I guess, less likelihood that you're going to overeat when you do definitely when you do sit down to eat. This is Slimming World's biggest selling point as well, basically, isn't it? They, I, I well, I was going to say I teach my members, but they just understand that we basically have Slimming World's program contained in our third step to slim because mm-hmm. they're a food quality control program but not quantity control program like they don't really dictate to people how much they can or can't eat they only really dictate to people what they can and can't eat so they focus on food quality and try and get people to eat unlimited like quote unquote free free foods Mm. and stuff unlimited it's not really unlimited but unlimited ish amounts of healthy fruit and veg exactly like you're saying and also protein as well they have protein as like quote unquote free foods and stuff like this trying to get people to fill up on this um in the hopes, I guess, that it takes your calorie intake down and causes you to lose weight, doesn't it? Yeah. By, like you said, yeah. keeping you fuller for longer. Hope, and these foods also have less calories, don't they? And they're slower digesting. Yeah. Like, like you said about the fiber. Yeah. Um, and in turn, I guess, then less likelihood that you're going to snack in between the meals that you have. Well, that's definitely true. One lady commented on my Facebook page on one of my videos literally yesterday, and she said, this is almost a direct quote, she said something along the lines of, I was, I was talking about healthy eating on the video. She said, when I eat healthy, I feel like I have to snack less anyway. I'm like, yeah, yes. there you go. This is, this is two things, isn't it? It's feeling more satisfied nutritionally. And I feel like people often make this mistake as well. I teach my members that snacks are for pleasure and cravings and healthy food is for hunger. And not to get these confused. Because if you're hungry and you start snacking... Basically, you're screwed. Because these high-pleasure items, very fast digesting, low satiety, low volume, like you said as well. So, tastes great, digests fast, doesn't stick around for long. And it also doesn't send the correct satiety signals into your actual bloodstream and to your brain from your gut as healthy food would. You know, when amino acids and stuff like this enter the bloodstream, Mm. these are also satiety signals. Like you earlier, you mentioned food volume didn't you about that's that's one satiety signal isn't it how much actual physical mass is inside the stomach cavity mm. you've got stretch receptors on the outside and it can and i guess this is the reason for like gastric bands isn't it yes yeah. that's the exact reason for gastric bands and but that's not the only that's not the only thing to take into account and this is the reason that gastric bands they do work for some people but they're not like a 100% success rate because there's a lot more reasons that people eat than just actually how much food can you fit in your stomach people just start drinking a lot of milkshakes you know, to get because mm. some people stress eat, or it's cravings, or it's yeah. emotional eating, or it's boredom eating, and the reason that they're overweight in the first place is not really because they're hungry. It wasn't that that might have been part of it, but that's only it's one out of a thousand variables, isn't it, on why mm. people eat? Literally, so it, it solves yeah, one thing. I think I heard you saying in one of your videos once that like you don't if if you like chocolate, for example. You don't stop eating when you feel satisfied. You stop eating when you feel sick. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah. That's so true. Or when it's gone. You you either stop eating when when, when there's none around or when you feel sick. I do it with junk food all the time. I understand that because I do it. It's so different when it comes to like a well-balanced meal of like, you know, with vegetables and stuff. You're not just going to keep eating vegetables until there's no more vegetables in the house. No, it's to do with the palatability of the food. It's like if... If people go to a, a an unlimited food buffet, like let's say Cosmos, yeah, like a it's like a world buffet. There's all different types of food, isn't there? And 
each each one of them tastes great and sets off your like pleasure sensors in your brain. It's releasing dopamine and stuff like this. Pete, how many plates do you eat at Cosmos? Because before I've eaten like ten. You try I mean, and get your money's worth. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've literally eaten ten plates at Cosmos. Yeah. But when you go to a carvery for vegetables and for meat, you can go back to the carvery as many times as you want. How many times does anybody go back to the carvery for more vegetables? Basically never, is it? Yeah. You might go back for a few roasters if you're allowed. Yeah. Yeah, because they've got that nice goose fat on them or whatever they've got. <laughs> but it's to do with the palatability and the pleasure. Of, I was going to say pleasurability. That's not a real word, is it? The pleasure of the food. Yeah. Um, if it's releasing a lot of dopamine from the brain, this can override signals of satiety and that you're full and that you don't want more. Mm. And because you, you're not thinking about whether you want to eat more or not, really, you're just going for the pleasure. Yeah. It's not you're like what your, it, yeah. yeah. It's not what your stomach feels. I'm just having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Um, and, and some studies show, you know, that making food plainer, I know this sounds, and I don't necessarily recommend this to people, not often anyway, but studies do show that people who have plainer diets can stick to them better and can have lower calorie intakes sometimes because they're less likely to overeat the foods that they do eat and you actually feel more satisfied. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Like if, you had a, if anybody had a plate of chicken breasts in front of them, like say they haven't even got sauce on, or like mm. any sort of flavorings or anything. It's just like literally ovened chicken or something. How many of those can you eat, really? More than two? Probably not. Probably like full not. chicken yeah. breast, probably not. Yeah. You're not gonna really like that that much. It's not really gonna be setting off these pleasure sensors, is it? It's the exact same system working when, like you said earlier, when you feel the need to have, for you, you said a big chocolate bar, some people think it's a dessert, something sweet. You know, yeah. at the end of a meal, yeah. when people have got a dessert craving, it's like a final dopamine blast. Yeah. That's really what people are after. Yeah. They've been enjoying the meal and you're disappointed that it's gone and you want one last hip hip hooray. We want one last blast in the brain and we're going to want it yeah. to be bigger than all the rest. Because if we're going out, we're not going to eat for a while. I'm going out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. And then people, people want a huge dessert. That's what the sweet craving is. Yeah. It's, it's the dopamine trap. It's still being locked into the pleasure of the food and thinking, shit, it's gone. I just want one last little bit mm. and then I'll be able to let it go. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it's partly like a pre-bed thing for me as well. It's like I like to feel, you know how carbs can make you feel a little bit like sleepy. Yes, definitely. Um, help you sort of drift off to sleep. I didn't want to go to bed feeling like a bit more hungry than I normally would. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hence another reason for saving more calories towards the end of the for the end of the day. If that works for you, that yeah, works yeah. for you, doesn't it? Definitely. I've got loads of members that save or portion some, some of their calories for like a glass of wine mm. or a nice little snack in an evening. Maybe they're watching a film, they're settling down. Some people like it. It can definitely be a good idea. The carb thing that you said is important as well. Carbs are also a satiety signal. When, when insulin goes up in the bloodstream, that's a satiety signal and this is why I feel this and people with blood sugar management issues feel this as well. Not that I have blood sugar management issues, but people can feel it for different reasons. I don't know why I do. But if I eat a meal without carbohydrates, I, I feel less satisfied, not only mentally, but physically mm. as well without, not in every, like if I just skipped one carb meal, that's not going to matter. But carbs are also a satiety signal. So I, again, encouraging people to cut out all carbs and stuff. Sometimes it, this makes things more difficult, yeah. doesn't it? It's more like about a healthy well-balanced meal yeah definitely. definitely isn't it yeah i focus a lot on food volume with people definitely and on increasing people's protein intakes mm. and stuff like this it makes people can't believe it sometimes especially the protein intake one some people can't believe it i have some members and they're they just they say look i'm hungry all the time i'm hungry when i'm not dieting we've started the diet i'm still hungry and 
there's only a few things that can be causing this really, isn't it? It's either the calorie deficit, but if they're hungry when they're not in a calorie deficit, or if someone's not losing weight but they're still hungry, then you're getting enough calories. So it's it can't be an actual physical requirement for energy mm. as a need for hunger. It can it's more likely to be like you were saying earlier, a a food volume in the stomach cavity issue. Yep. Or or that the foods that they're eating are too fast digesting. Yes. Yeah. People who say to me, or people who I hear as well, say, Oh, I'm always hungry, I can eat forever. It's always people that eat loads of junk food. Yeah. Again, it's like we were saying about the vegetables thing. If these people put a big plate of like meat and vegetables in front of them and they don't put loads of salts and sh- sauces and sugars and stuff like that in it, see how much you can really eat and then see how, see how quickly you're hungry for that again. It's not the same game. Yeah. If you look so, at Greg's. So one, <laughs> one more on the same point, actually. The, I kind of tell my clients the inverse of that, which is like try to avoid liquid calories. Oh, definitely. That's my sixth step to slim. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because that's it's like the opposite, isn't it? It's like you, it's almost pointless. You know, you you putting calories into your body, but you just that's not going to make you feel full. Very What's minimal that? satiety value. Yeah, yeah, very minimal satiety value. That's like we were saying about the gastric band thing. Um, if people have a gastric band, it fixes sometimes how much food they can put in their stomach physically. But you can just there's other high calorie things coming into people's diets that are not just actual food volume like chocolate you can just melt it and then drink it or like if you chew it enough it's melted before you even swallow yeah, it anyway yeah. <laughs> people can still get an ice cream mm. ice cream people can get like sugary pops people can get a lot of these things down can't they that's literally my sixth step to slim to uh, it's called liquids and hydration and it's about watching out for liquid management and then also just hydration just for well-being because people just like those kind of things not that it relates to the fat loss really mm. um, yeah I tell people to watch out for oils in pans and yep. lattes and stuff like this and fruit juices sugared beverages like coca-cola and stuff like this Mm -hmm. these days like you said it's kind of pointless in the past you could have made an excuse you could have been like oh yeah but i like it these you can just get a diet coke people like yeah but it doesn't taste the same yeah but also do you want diabetes (laughs) it's like one's 200 calories one's four calories yeah come to say that I i told a client the other day that um uh they didn't know that diet coke was zero calories or near enough close to yeah close to yeah really they were so surprised to hear that they're like oh i just thought it was called diet because it was slightly lower calorie that makes sense but they didn't yeah. understand that it was actually basically free yeah that makes sense yeah that makes, i've never really like thought about that slightly lower calorie version of coke but i was like no it's a lot lower calorie version okay yeah we do we do calorie education with 99% of all our members right at the beginning of the program so I get people to check the calories of things so that mm. they learn stuff like that um, and if people do like a food diary or calorie counting I get them at the start not forever and going forward but at the start to log the calories of everything not not because they really have to like in the long term but just so that they can learn what's high and what's low yeah. and what's worth paying attention to and what you yeah. don't have to worry about Yeah, sort of thing I tell yeah I tell my clients the same thing like I say at least try tracking for a couple of weeks. You don't have to, that doesn't have to be a long-term thing that you do. No, do you but, track calories? Uh, I don't at the moment. No, I don't either. This is no. this is what I teach my members as well. I, I, I teach them. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I'm yeah. one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those guys. I'm like my father already. It's come on faster than expected. But you have to understand the rules before you can break them sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a calorie counting or like a food diary. It's just a control tool, isn't it? It's a control and a support yeah. tool for people. And, and like you say, a learning tool at first. Because yeah, if, you don't know, tool. if you don't know what calories are in what, you just 
completely guessing. We're flying we? blind, yeah, aren't yeah. we? We're flying by the seat of our pants and just like, we're hoping for the best here. There's something foods that people think would be, you know, well, they often describe them as healthy. Yes. Uh, and not in terms of low calorie and high calories. So That's I, definitely oh, I true. thought this was healthy. It's like, well, yes, it's got things in it that are good for your body. Yeah. But the the fat con you know, something like an avocado or something like that. Yeah. It's like it's a healthy food. Yeah. But if you had four of those a day, yeah. Four large avocados a day, that's gonna be it's racking up the calories, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And then this is causing issues. It's not that it's not healthy, it's just that it's causing issues in other places, isn't mm. it? Yep. I also teach one one of my lectures, one of the bullet points says something it's the third it's in the third step to slim about healthy eating. It says I'm paraphrasing slightly. Um, like healthy foods and fat loss foods are not the same thing or not, or are not always the same thing yeah. sorry always the same thing because on average it is isn't it like if if you if you eat healthier on average healthy foods have lower calories than unhealthier quote unquote yeah, foods yeah. but not all the time there mm. are quite a lot of exceptions to the rules but oil is another one like if I've heard people say to me like oh, I thought olive oil was healthy Olive oil is healthy. Olive oil is healthy, but you don't want to be pouring it on no, yourself. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right. Coconut oils and butter. You couldn't even say that butter's unhealthy, really. I wouldn't class butter as unhealthy. Uh, it's just butter, isn't it? It's just what it is. But it's high calories. Um, different meats as well. Not necessarily unhealthier, but fattier meats and mm. stuff can be racking up some calories. Sometimes fattier meats have more vitamins and minerals and stuff like that than the, than the not fattier meats, but, you know... This is, sometimes people don't take all the variables into account, do they? Like sometimes people think with calorie counting or calorie control that you're just saying, oh, all calories are the same. Or pretending that other variables or whether you eat healthy or not matter doesn't matter, but it's not true. There's mm. yeah. That's why I've got the six steps to slim and not calorie counting to slim. Yeah. Literally, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> that's why my program is not called calorie counting to slim because that is one part of it. That's the first little bit that we do with people for like, like you said, yeah. a couple of weeks. Just so, and and the faster people can prove to me that they don't need it, then they don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you, sense. yeah, if people can, if people say I don't, oh, I don't like, I don't want to do the calorie count. I say, all right, don't do it. As long as you keep getting the results, if, as long as your weight keeps coming down at the rate it's been coming down and the rate we want it to come down, then go for it. If it stops coming down, what are we doing? Then we need to we need to go back to the control and support tool, yeah. don't we? Because clearly you're not. I don't know. It's like trying to remove taking your driving instructor away. People. Oh, can go a little bit iffy at the start, can't it? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <clears throat> All right, um, that's two tips down, is it? Yep. Yes, we've got the third one on the go. Third one, yeah, I think you kind of touched on it there, which is um, uh, monitoring progress. Oh, and, that's good. And encouragement. So that that part of it is more uh, from a trainer perspective, rather. I guess you can encourage yourself. Um, but um, yeah, the bit you touched on, I think, is um, if 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 I if I get a client in in the gym and I'm weighing them every week, for example, and three four weeks on the trot they've been losing weight, mm -hmm. it's working. Like, how much more do you know? How much more do I really need to teach you? You you you're doing something right. Yes. So the best thing I can do at that point is just give them some encouragement and tell them like, look, you you know, you wanted to change your life, you wanted to improve your health and you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So just keep up the good work basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I can give you more tips here and there that might, you know, facilitate, you know, make the process even easier. But if you're doing something right, just keep doing it. Just fly just the flag, yeah. Sail the ship straight. Yeah. We're going in the right direction. 
Um, but again, if you're not if you're not monitoring, and I'm sure you get your your clients to weigh themselves, like you wouldn't know whether it's you know you don't want to leave ages between weighing yourself, for example. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't really force anybody to do anything on my fat loss program really like I don't literally force them I'm not like you must do this and I force them to do things I am always flexible to things I encourage every single person to weigh themselves for and and I and I give a good ass speech in the lectures about why (laughs) and I've got positive and negative points like you just outlined like number one you need to know if it's actually working this is where motivation comes from the only like like we said nobody wants to diet why are you doing it because you want a result okay so if we don't know if we're getting the result then what's your motivation to do the thing going to be like if you don't even know if it's working lower some people say to me yeah I understand but I still don't want to weigh myself and I say okay fine you don't have to every single person changed their mind <laughs> they, they they can either I don't know I, again I don't force people but they can either learn what the right things to do are by listening to me or they can trial and error it themselves if they want to but mm. every single person after three or four weeks on the program and they know they've been eating healthy they start getting more itchy to check yeah oh but oh I wonder it's been a while now and then they'll yeah. check it and be like a stone down oh my god and then the only reason people don't want to check it is because they're scared it's not going to go down. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that question. Why do you think people don't want to check? Either they're because they're hiding from the problem, and I have to teach. I literally say in my lecture, hiding from problems does not fix them. Mm. This lets them grow in the background, either physically, like your the actual weight problem, or in the back of your mind, it's just going to sit there and it's going to grow and it's going to get worse yeah. and worse and worse and worse. But I think conversely, the reason they do want to check, whether you know, like you say, when they start itching to check, yeah, that's because they know they've been doing something right. Exactly. Probably. Yeah. So there's only really two parts to it, and both of them, it's better if we actually check. One of them is if, there's only two options. It can either be going well or not well, Mm. right? The weight's either going down or it's not going down. And if it's going down, we should check because that's going to be motivating. They're going to get a message from me and you saying, well done, you're smashing it, keep going. I knew you were going to do the right things. I knew you could do this. This is going to build their self-esteem. They're going to think, shit, maybe I can do this. And you're going to say, yep, I know you can do this. Just keep fly- just keep flying the flag. Go straight. You're going to make it. And they'll think, actually, yeah. And it gives them a little confirmation that they are doing the right things. And it is going to work. And this settles people down. Um, or, on the other hand, it's not, it's not working. Again, hiding from this is not going to fix it, is it? If it's not no. working, I would like to know now, please. Not in two weeks when you've wasted your time, my time, the, the client's money. You know? Yeah. yeah, we don't want to find out in, in a month. People are like, what if I weigh myself once a month? I'm like, you can if you want, but what if what if you just <laughs> it's not worked and we've wasted a month of everyone's time mm. to find out that actually you didn't reduce your calorie intake enough? I mean, you don't have to check, but how about we just check? <laughs> how about we just check though? If it's not working, then we can fix it, can't we? Exactly. It's only calories. Yeah. You're not exactly you're not a bad person because you didn't reduce your calorie intake enough. Perhaps you have reduced it. People can. Like some people, when they come to me, they're eating quite a lot above their maintenance level. Mm. Maybe they do reduce the calorie intake, but maybe it's not enough to cause significant weight loss. They've reduced it, but not to create a big enough de- deficit yet. It's just information, isn't it? Yeah. So then all we have to do is keep making a few more swaps. And then when we do check in, it is going down. Good. Good. So again, I don't force people to. But I've got a good 20-minute speech on why you should. <laughs> and I, I bet you are. Yeah, and I don't, I don't literally, I don't force people to do it. But everyone changes their mind. Because yeah. fat loss always works. Why wouldn't you want to know that it's working? Mm. Studies also show that long term, after people have lost weight, people who keep weighing themselves periodically after they've lost weight maintain weight better. 
So it's a good habit, literally it's a good habit. And that is again, only because hiding from problems does not fix them. If someone's lost weight and then they think, oh my God, fine, I don't want to check it anymore. This, you're losing mindfulness instantaneously. Yeah. You're losing the support tools. You're already sacking them off the thing that actually got the job done. If you want the job to stay done, it's better to stay mindful on the problem, isn't it? If, yeah. if you wait, if you check it just once a week and it starts going up, you just can see it, can't you? And then you, it just gives you another little bump to just think, all right, fucking hell, I'll do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? So, I, yeah, yeah. I encourage people to have as many ways of measuring progress as they can, really. If you want to do measurements, good. If you want to take pictures of yourself, you don't have to show me or anybody else. You don't even have to take your clothes off because some people think to do flipping transformation pictures they have to be naked or something or in their pants you don't have to you can just wear clothes obviously it's better if you don't wear the world's baggiest thing yeah. but if you wear the same clothes before and after you can still tell the difference, yeah. yeah you don't have to get flipping naked if you don't want to or nothing but pictures even if you just keep them for themselves mm. fat loss is so slow isn't it sometimes people can't notice the changes in themselves mm. day by day same as muscle gain same as muscle gain yeah, yeah. yeah you'll think you've never made a gain ever yeah. in your life except when you see an old picture and you're like oh I actually yeah. did look a bit skinnier back then yeah, no, definitely. Um, any ways that people can measure the progress. I like people to measure their progress in one of my supporting coaches, Lynn Robertson. We did an entire podcast about this last week. She encourages people to measure progress in real life achievements and to really shout about these things. Like one, one of hers, for example, is she went like on a really long walk and she could get across a river and across these like styles in fences. Okay. And fit through these gaps and climb over this fence. Yeah. Um, and th- this lady, two years before, if she went on the floor, she couldn't get up. Which, wow. So this is a big thing for her. Yeah, so she's is. had an actual adventure that she would have never had an opportunity. She actually wasn't physically able to participate in this nice country. She lives near the Peak District in a nice Peak District walk with her husband. So she's celebrating this and encouraging other people. If you can, some people comment that they can tie their shoes when they couldn't before, mm. or they can they can go for a walk with a friend without having to make an excuse to stop, like they're looking at the scenery because secretly they're out of breath. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know stuff like this. Yeah, real life events. One of Lynn's as well was that she could go on an aeroplane without asking for an extension seatbelt. Wow. This changed her life because she felt embarrassed every single time. Mm. So she's like life event success. Yeah, or buying different clothes or being able to shop in different shops for ladies. Because mm. a lot of shops only go up to a certain size and then they stop. So you've got access to more different clothes and stuff like this. Yeah. And I imagine those things must feel like bigger. They're, they're know, the reasons people are actually successes. doing it. Yeah, yeah. They're the reasons why that you're doing it in the first place. Because the way you're pissing you off. a different number on a scale. That's pointless, like, isn't yeah. it? it the, the, the number on the scale is only a proxy variable. It's, only a me- it's not an, the actual goal. It's a measure of whether we're moving towards the goal. Mm. The goal is not who gets lightest wins. Yeah. Is it? It's not who gets to zero first, who can become invisible, or who's 2D when you face sideways. This is not the goal. It's it's ju- All it is is just a measure of are you getting lighter. And that's not even, except on average, indicative of fat loss, is it? You could be getting lighter for other reasons. Yeah. So we have to look at it for what it is. It's, it's a good way of measuring progress. Because if you're losing weight over time, you can't, re- unless you're getting smaller somehow, unless you're shrinking, you can, <laughs> like in height, you can't really be losing much except body fat, can you? Yeah. Right. So it's a decent measurement, but it's not the be all end all. Really, it's about people's health and it's about people's happiness, isn't it? Yeah, those are the kind of stories I really like to hear from clients. It's like when they notice that they're finding climbing a, you know, a flight of stairs easier. Exactly. They're less out of breath. Everything's just starting to feel easier. Yeah. Or they help somebody move house and like, you know, they, they felt like the stronger, fitter person of the, 
too and yeah all this kind of stuff it's like definitely i i have a client who one of her big life wins was that she could pick up and carry her grandchildren really easily Mm -hmm. after a bit of strength training we did some online zoom sessions and some weight loss for her so she was lighter so she could carry more weight on her so she's picking up grandchildren and playing with them um i've had somebody go zip lining where they were above the weight limit before that they weren't even allowed on the zip line, lose weight, achieve the dream. I've got one client right now, one of her dreams to go sailing, and it's one of these wind sail things, um, like a small boat that's not powered, and it's just you on your own across the ocean with this massive flipping sail on, and you just, I don't even know what it is. It sounds crazy to me, I hate water. Um, and, and I don't even think there's a weight limit for that kind of thing, but this lady just doesn't feel confident to do that kind of thing right now. Right. But she's, she's, so she's getting slimmer, she's getting fitter, and she's gonna achieve this massive crazy dream. Mm. Isn't it? It's going to be amazing. These are the, these are the reasons that people are really doing it. And I guess they're reasons that you you wouldn't want to go back. You know, you wouldn't want to gain the gain the weight again. Yeah. Because you've realised you can you've got these freedoms now that you didn't have before, and you probably want to keep those freedoms. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know Jocko Willink? Yes. Um, he has a book called Discipline Equals Freedom, um, and it's about exactly that. Because some people think. Some people end up overweight because they think, oh, I don't want to restrict myself on my food. I'm going to do whatever. I'm a free spirit. Mm. They don't understand. They're trapping themselves in a different way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you can't tie your own shoes or you can't go on these adventures that you want to go on or you don't feel confident Or to you're do knocking things, years off your life, potentially. That, that's a very good point. Exactly. You're, you're, like, you, do you not want those extra years? Exactly. It's, it is freedom in one way to not have to restrict yourself, yeah. but it's trapping yourself in another way. I always analogize it to like financial freedom as well. Mm. Like if you just spend all your money all the time because I don't want to be restricted, it's the same as spending all your calories all the time because I don't want to be restricted, then you're going to trap yourself as poor forever. Mm. You've, you've, got, you've got to save money as well to achieve financial freedom. If you're good with your money, you'll have more money that you can do whatever you want with. Mm. Imagine if you're in a good health position, like if, if me and you eat a full cake, what will happen? Nothing. I'll have stomach aches. I have IBS. You, probably nothing. <laughs> if someone with type 2 diabetes yeah. eats a full cake, that can be physically damaging to them. That's, so th- that's less freedom that they have in some ways, not more. So yeah. if you're good with your money and you're good with your health and you're good with your food and all this type of stuff, it, it can... Yes, it's, it's, it's discipline in one way, but it's also freedom in a different way, isn't it? So it's yeah. a balance like it is with all things. Yeah. Very true. Quite interesting. Um, we're at 58 minutes, which is excellent time. I've got two little follow-up questions for you from your part, question number one, if that's okay. Go on, yeah. And I understand you're on a time limit, so you don't have to go crazy into the answers. But your question one, correct me if I'm wrong, was understand what's required of you. Yep. Yep, so we were talking about the process. Yes. I just I was going to ask you, what process then do you actually recommend or take people through for the actual fat loss. Like if somebody is losing weight, somebody comes to you, they say, hey, look, I've got fat loss goals. You want them to understand the process. Yeah. What is the process in your opinion? Uh, the process, I guess we eventually arrive at a lot of the stuff we've discussed today. So a lot of the yep. tips and tactics. Um, I, yeah, I'd say most of my clients end up tracking um, um, and that seems to work well for them. But there's a few that don't, um, so it's they're just incorporating a lot of the stuff we talked about today, the high food vol- volume, the high satiety foods, um, and then incorporating 
just general lifestyle changes as well. I just find a lot of my clients tend to naturally become more active day to day, like their, their general energy expenditure, we try and get that up as well. Yep, that all, that all sounds sensible. So a little bit of calorie tracking or food diarying, a bit of food yeah. education you do. You do some focusing on healthy eating, you said, some focusing on that protein for that satiety. Mm. So if they're in a gym with you, they've, they're obviously exercising, so it's better to have a higher protein intake to support those goals as well. Yes, yeah. And then you said general lifestyle advice, like walking more. And, and yeah. I, I suppose as they're working with you and they're getting fitter and lighter and stronger, they, and like you said, they've got better energy levels as well from better food they'll find the exercise and the movement a lot easier and they won't find yeah. it as laborious yeah. maybe or difficult to actually get their energy levels up. Yeah. Yeah, people, because the weight comes on slow, people underestimate sometimes, but a lady lost, she got to like a 20 kilogram weight loss, um, not total end goal, but like goal marker with me recently. And she was saying, yeah, actually I feel a lot better and I can walk further and I'm not getting like as out of breath and... She was saying, yeah, I'm feeling a bit better. And I said, well, look, I'm not surprised because next time you go to the gym, or I'm not sure if this lady had some weights at home, I said, you need to just pick up two 10 kilogram dumbbells and just just realize that you were holding those on your body constantly all day, every day. Yeah, I've, got, I've done a podcast two weeks ago with a lady on my program. She's lost a hundred pound. That's the same as two 20 kilogram suitcases and a backpack. Wow. You know, two full holiday suitcases and you're not allowed to use the wheels. So you're not allowed to drag them with the wheels. You got to pick those up, and you got to carry them with a backpack on as well. How would you walk through the airport? Carry you'd waddle. I mean, you'd we're, be, you'd we're be both quite, you know, fit and strong as we are now. We'd struggle with that weight on us. There was yeah, there was a there was a show actually about oh a guy oh, I've forgotten his name. It was possibly on ITV very recently about a member of the UK a guy who used to be in the UK government and he's lost seven and a half stone and they put a a weighted vest on him and try, of he'd lost something like a hundred pound like my client and they put a weighted vest or suit thing on him that weighed all the weight that he'd lost and tried to get him to just walk around this track and he was having a terrible time I bet he was yeah. he was having a terrible time that's loads of weight though isn't it like what's a hundred pound, forty-five kilos. No, yeah, forty kilos. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I don't have a calculator immediately to hand. Um, something like forty-five kilos. That's difficult. That's difficult. Like a twenty-two kilogram dumbbell or something in each hand. That'll really slow you down. I yeah. would struggle to walk. Yeah, yeah. My knees would kill. My feet would be injured because I have historically weak feet. Mm. I do foot strengthening exercises as well these days. Mm. Keep the bottom of my feet strong, like I'm a. Um, I'm a plantar fasciitis repeat offender. <laughs> Keep messing up my own feet. Um, so if I had that much weight, my feet would be destroyed. Yeah. Li literally. Um, but because the weight comes on slow and people strengthen up, like literally, sometimes overweight people have really strong muscles, really big calf muscles and yeah. stuff from walking around mm -hmm. a lot, don't they? So it's not that they're unhealthy or weak people. They're not. Their calorie intake's just been too high, but sometimes it's been steady and the weight's come on, so they've got used to it. And then when you lose it, it's steady as well. It's not like suddenly you wake up and you're 40 kilos lighter one day or something, is it? So it comes off really steady, so sometimes they don't notice. It's a nice... It's a nice reminder for some, I, I try and get people to pick up how much weight they've lost and they're like, oh my God, even if it's 10 kilos, get them to pick up a 10 kilo dumbbell. Just walk around all day with that. Mm. Then you, they don't have to wonder why they were tired yeah. or why they didn't want to get up yeah. or why when people said, do you want to go for a walk? They're like, no, not really. I wouldn't either. 
if I had to carry around two 20 kilogram dumbbells and you said you want to go for a walk, I'd be like, no, don't, no, <laughs> what do you no. mean? So, nice little experiment, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I might get start getting my clients to do that, actually, the ones that have lost a real significant amount of weight. Do it, they'll like, like it. Like just carry this around the gym. Yeah, physically, just go pick that up. Yeah, yeah. That used to be you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, and then they'll, they'll physically be able to feel how much lighter they are now when they put them back down. Yeah. Just for a minute. It's really nice. Um, I liked your question. Sorry, were you going to say something then? Uh, no, no. I'd, and I'm just going to um, sort of reiterate what you said about the joints as well, like the knees and the feet and stuff. Like yeah, the heavier you are, suitcases. the heavier you are, the more stress you're putting on your joints. Yeah. Um, especially with things like running, jogging. You know, it's it's impact. It's repetitive impact. It's a difficult so, situation for people, isn't it? Because they weigh a lot, but they're trying. They want to go jogging because they're trying to lose the weight. Yeah. But it's. It's, it's just such a difficult situation to be in. Yeah. I mean, you hear, I've read sort of figures like five to eight times your body weight when you when your foot strikes on the floor, if you run. When you're running, yes. When you're I've running. also heard so, this, yes. I mean, that's a lot of, and that's not once, that's, you know, depending on how long you run for, that's thousands. 10,000 steps thousands a day. Times, thousands yeah. of yeah. times. So yeah. you want to go easy on yourself. You want to go easy on your joints and... I have lots of clients who come to me because they've got joint pain or they're mm. having knee issues. I have some clients currently right now who can't have knee operations until they've lost weight because um, they're not allowed mm. and stuff like this. All kinds of stuff. You're exactly right. People understand these things though. It doesn't make it any easier, but it's important to remember that all these improvements can be yours. Yeah. All you've got to do is eat a few vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even awful. No. Dieting no. can be awful. If you think about dieting and you think, oh God, because people think about like, I call them S diets, like shit diets, or you could call them sucky diets, but I also call them soup, shake, or supplement diets. Mm. I just call it just all S diets. Um, shit diets. <laughs> Overall, people think that when they think dieting, that's what they think. And they think, oh God, like I'm going to be starving for ages, restriction, I can't do this, I can't mm. do that, I'm going to be miserable, my energy levels are going to be low. You can, and you mean you can think about it like that, or you could just think that all you really have to do is sit at the table and just eat some food. Yeah. You like that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I know that's become part of the issue, but most people are overweight. They like eating. Most people like eating. I love eating. Mm. It's just eating food, isn't it? You do have to eat some different foods, yes, but what do you have to do to lose fat? You just have to sit down and just eat some foods. Yeah. Do you technically have to walk or exercise? No. It's not even really dictated what you can and can't eat. You have to eat a bit different, of course. If you don't change anything, nothing will change. That's the law of the flipping universe, isn't it? Not mm. fat loss, but all you really got to do is sit down and eat. It's um, I can't remember what that's actually called doing that, you know. But it's a it's a stoic thing. I call it stoic reductionism, but I don't think that's a real thing. I think if you Google that, probably nothing will come <laughs> up. But it's a stoic philosophy of seeing things in their most basic form to make it seem easier or less attractive. Right, yeah. Um, like the examples it gives in old, like, Stoic ancient Greek philosophies is like if seeing wine as like old, gone off grapes. Okay. Or yeah. like a t shirt that's like a really expensive one as just a normal t shirt but with a different logo. Yeah. And then you might not feel so entrapped yeah. or enticed by it if you can see it in its most basic form. And I try and do that with people with food as well, too. Mm. Some people are scared of dieting, aren't they? And it it seems like a massive task. Mm. I'll try and just help them just see it simply. All you got to do is eat stuff. You're going to eat stuff anyway. Like, <laughs> every yeah. day you're going to eat some stuff you might you can just be mindful about what you eat mm. it's not even going to, it won't even, don't even have to be awful you don't yeah. even have to change that much and your taste can change over time as well can't they oh definitely like, your t taste buds definitely yeah, change if, you, if you're used to eating junk food all the time that's going to be your favourite type of food but 
and it's going to be hard to make that transition over to yep. more, you know, less hyper palatable foods. But over time, you know, your taste might change, and you might not be craving the the kind of stuff that you used to crave. Oh, you might true. you might realize like that's going to make me feel like crap. So actually, I don't really crave it anymore. Yep. When your tongue gets less sugar on it, it gets more sensitive to sugar. So things, the more sweet things, and it's also like a negative feedback loop where the more sweet things you eat, the less sweet things will taste. Yeah, and you hear that with people that kind of like wean themselves off sugar in tea and coffee. Yeah. And then they just, That's if exactly you put it, it back in the tea or the coffee, they'd be like, this is ridiculously sweet. That's exactly it. I have yeah. four sweeteners in my coffee. You're weird. And, and it's not a big mug. <laughs> it's not, you think, you know, it's a big, it's not a big mug. It's real. To me, it's not that sweet though. Mm. I started off with one. I've increased by like one sweetener every two years. So you've gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, but I want it to taste sweet. After a while, you stop tasting it. So mm. click. Look, I eat my protein intake. I do my walking. I say my prayers, fucking hell. I'm See, all out I, of sweetener. I could have a, I could have a cup of tea, like a mug of tea, or probably I'm more of a, more of a coffee person. But if someone had put like quarter of a teaspoon of sugar in it, I would taste it and I'd be like, "This isn't for me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> uh, that's literally what it's like, though. It's just acclimatization and sensitivity to yeah. different foods, isn't it? Somebody who doesn't eat spicy food thinks everything's spicy. Yeah, thinks like food's crazy spicy. The more spicy stuff you eat, the less spicy it tastes. Yeah, that's the game. Um, so yeah, you're right. People get used to loads of sugar, and it's it's not really tasting that great to them like in a strange way some people like they say they eat chocolate but they don't even know why they're eating it like they like it but they're just used to it mm. whereas if you only eat chocolate once a week you really appreciate it yeah like I only try I try I love pizza pizza's my favourite thing maybe in the, maybe it's my favourite food and I try and only eat pizza maximum once a week otherwise it's just too many calories for me I just I start going crazy on it mm. and I really appreciate it and I look forward to it all week and I make sure it's a good pizza mm. you know if I ate pizza every day I'd just be like oh, pizza again yeah you get used to anything don't you yeah I feel like about that. we've gone way over the time okay <laughs> we've gone way over the time I don't want to make you uh, late for yeah you sorry I've not got more time maybe. no it's alright I had another question but I'm not going to ask you that's, that's alright we'll I'm definitely make... not going to ask you um but we can do another podcast anytime. That'd be great, actually, yeah. Yeah, please yeah. do. It's, it was good to get the first one out of the way. and uh, Yeah, yeah um, I really appreciate your time. It's been lovely to speak to you. I always like seeing you at the gym. Um, sometimes I, dist- I distract you with conversation for about half an hour to an you hour. You did the anyway. other day, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's I was... why I said we had to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we've got we could talk forever, and that's a good thing. Um, hopefully we've got some nice information, education, and motivation yeah out to people today i appreciate your tips thank you i thought they were really good i've made notes and stolen them brilliant i might quote you i might not you're welcome (laughs) thank you so much dave thank you for listening everyone